Welcome to The Third One Sucks, where we rank every movie in a franchise from first to worst. I'm Dan Ellis. I'm Mark Bell. And your journey nears its end. Thank the heavens. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today, Mark? Some more Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker is a science fiction space opera film written and directed by J.J. Abrams and produced by Lucasfilm and Bad Robot. Rise of Skywalker premiered in Los Angeles on December 16th, 2019, and stars Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, and Carrie Russell, among just so many others. What is our fan review for this week? Uh, our fan review this week comes from Google Fan Reviews, and it's from user JU a year ago, who said, One star. For the first 15 minutes of this movie, I thought the critics' reviews were wrong. And then, the rest of it happened. <laughs> this is more short and to the point than some of the user reviews I pick. But I really liked it. <laughs> I guess we have to talk about this, the very last Star Wars movie. I wish we couldn't. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone is, like, there's surely someone who this is their favorite Star Wars movie because <laughs> it's a big world, but I think for most of us, uh, this is maybe the most that we have agreed on a thing ever as people who consume this media. <laughs> it has listeners may not know. I've talked pretty openly about being a Star Wars guy at points in my life, but Dan and I are just so tired of talking about Star Wars. Oh, we're so done. I... <laughs> We got about three quarters of the way through this, and my ADHD decided, you don't care about this anymore. You don't, <laughs> you don't care, like, uh, like at all about anything that we are getting on Mike to talk about. <laughs> and that has made it a long Sisyphean trudge up a hill every time we do one of these, only to get knocked back down the it next time we kind of just one. in time for the new trilogy, too. It did. It Which, like, I don't think are universally bad. No. I mean, there's some good in there. I don't know about this movie, but at least in those other ones, there is some good in there. <laughs> this is the first Star Wars movie that I saw in theaters that I legitimately approached with apprehension. Yeah. Because, you know, I saw the originals in theater on re-release. And I knew what they were, and they were fun. And I was young enough when the prequels happened that I was always optimistic. Sure. <laughs> and then the new ones happened, and, like, the first one was okay. Mm -hmm. and, and I had fun. And then the second one was Ryan Johnson. And by the, like, I was just, I was so afraid of what this movie was going to be that I went to watch it not really in a good mood. So that was my frame for watching it the first time I watched it. Do you remember watching mm -hmm. this for the first time? First time I watched this, this was 2019, like you said. It feels like it was longer ago than that, but we did just come out of the year that <laughs> right. must not be named. The year that was 20 years. The 20-year war. It's <laughs> the 2020-year war. Do I remember going to this movie? I think I blocked it out, like so much trauma that I've experienced. I don't know. I think I legitimately do not remember when I saw this movie for the first time <laughs> that it was that bad of a time. I know I talked to you about it afterwards. That's about it. I know I messaged you and was like, how did you feel about it? I don't remember how that conversation went. <laughs> I think it went, if I can roughly sum up. 
Yeah, about, that was about it, which is kind of still where I land. Very generous of you. <laughs> I guess we gotta like we have to start talking about this one so we can stop talking about this one and all right. of the Star Wars and also for a all while. of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I like that the first two bullet points on our uh, rundown, our sheet for our run of show here, right uh, for the plot, just says no, no, fine, <laughs> <laughs> and then you start typing. The actual run of show. <laughs> Listen, it's been a tricky month for both of us for a lot of, like, <laughs> we try to record every couple of weeks. It's been a month, and it's been it a has. month not because, like, a lot of fun and exciting stuff has been happening for both of us. It's just been a long month. It's been a lot going on, and so, uh, yeah. quite frankly, I'm I'm delighted to talk to you, Mark. Like, this is great <laughs> for me. If, it, if you weren't doing this podcast with me, and I had to talk to somebody else about this bullshit... <laughs> uh, maybe I want to quit the show at this point. I don't know. And we're coming in very negative here. We and I are. Know I'm a little worried, but I'm in a good mood, so that's something. And look, I'm in. I'm in as good of a mood as I could be. Our AC is out here. It's like a Ooh. fucking heat wave everywhere in the United States right now. That's rough. There are, to be fair, there are specific things about this movie, mm-hmm. mostly acting performances, sure. that I really like and will be excited mm-hmm. to talk about. Yeah, we will have to really grab onto the small slivers of hope that we have. What I don't like is Palpatine returning. Not not real excited to see Emperor Palpatine again. That is not what I wanted. I mean, I think we all knew it was coming by the time it happened, but... The biggest fucking asshole. Right. And maybe not, not even just this franchise, but maybe just like any summer blockbuster. Yeah. With this high of a, like I had a recurring like thought while I was rewatching this today. Um, okay. Before we recorded. And that was that this movie is, remember when we watched the never ending story movies earlier this season, Mark, and we yeah. got the never ending story three. And I was like, this knows what it is. And it's not yep. trying to be high art. And I like it because it's just leaning yeah, into being absolutely. like, I remember those Halcyon days. God, yes, but I want to go back to those times, please, (laughs) for so many reasons. And while I was watching this film, I thought, this is what happened if NeverEnding Story 3 was not self-aware and was just like, Mm. it thought that it was like high art. That is an interesting take, (laughs) because this movie is very proud of itself. Right, like it's, here's the thing, Disney engine has this thing where it creates a new ip intellectual property and then it puts really it let me rephrase disney has this thing where it steals from a culture and then it makes (laughs) its version of a thing and it becomes ubiquitous amongst american culture and that thing is like a big deal and then they make uh two or three straight to dvd sequels and they suck yep and this is like the third or fourth one of those straight to dvd sequels but they put it out and theaters and thought they were very proud of what they had made and they shouldn't have been. You know what? That's a perfect summary of this. This absolutely feels like something made by Toon Disney. It's like Aladdin in the 40 Thieves or whatever. Sure. That is, I've never thought of it that way, but you're exactly right. That is what this feels like. Like someone is animating the corpse of this property Mm -hmm. on... You know, no, like no one's paying attention. They don't really have to get the story approved anywhere because who cares? It's going right into DVD. Mm-hmm. Kids are going to buy it because it's got Simba on the front or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. That's it's exactly what this is. Like we already know that 90% of well, that's strong. We'll say 60% of JJ Abrams 
Star Wars. It's just nostalgia bait. Right, uh-huh. right. Like, and then this movie said, what if it was all that? Yeah. The, the Force no Awakens whatsoever. <laughs> managed to land barely on the right side of that line. Like, uh-huh. for better or worse, it was absolutely mining the old trilogy. And it was it was leaning into nostalgia, and it was hitting all the familiar plot beats, but it put together a mostly enjoyable movie. And I understand, like I think there's a good argument to be made that that was the right move at sure, that yeah. point in the yeah, life to of kind of Star revive Wars. the franchise. Yeah, yeah. But now, but boy, the, oh boy! Now the cow is is gone dry, and you're still <laughs> trying to get blood from that stone if i can mix metaphors blood from yep. that cow <laughs> that you've been beating to death just like the horse i don't know how many more bad metaphors can i mix basically open this movie on palpatine using like the transgalactic intercom and it's it sure is a thing it's bad and for for Star Wars, we talked about this a little. It tends to come out of the gate strong, and I will say all of the Kylo stuff is pretty fun. But this is a real dumb open. Forgive us, listeners. I know we usually have some amount of levity, but I really—it's like, hard this, this time. It's not good. <laughs> it's really not good. And so, like, I think all the levity we're gonna get from this episode is us dunking on it. So, like, maybe if this is your favorite Star Wars, and you're like, you know. This holds a very special place to you. You could skip this one. It's okay. We won't hold it against you. Absolutely. You are allowed (laughs) to have that opinion. You're allowed to think we are wrong. And Uh it might be a better time for you to just not listen to us. And that's okay. We are two 30-year-old white men talking about Star Wars. There's a good chance we're completely wrong. Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) So we do, though, like, we see a little bit of Kylo Ren as supreme leader Kylo Mm -hmm. Ren in this kind of opening thing. And we've had whatever ex-Emperor Palpatine, secret Emperor Palpatine on the intergalactic intercom. So now, now a chunk of this movie is going to be dedicated to Kylo and Rey trying to find secret Sith GPS devices. They call them Wayfinders, which a Sith Wayfinder is a cool name. That's a cool (laughs) thing. I like the name. The name's fine. I I like the design of just yep. like the green glowy triangle. That's fine. It's yeah. neat looking. It it's it's you know sci-fi bullshit. I'm here for it. It looks. It's got like XLR cables plugged into it. I don't like that. Um, it's a little but, weird. Yeah, I don't but like that. But it looks kind of like campy old Star Warsy. Like yeah, what cables do we got laying around? Plug it into the box. It's fine. <laughs> so Kylo is on Mustafar. Looking uh-huh. for a wayfinder. We'll get to Ray in a minute. Uh, but Kylo's just like cutting his way through some weird local cult. Something? They don't do, do we ever find out who the fuck these people are? Like, they are like it is not Aztec, but it's something that sounds so much like Aztec that it is annoying. It's like owls mech or something. That's incredible. I want a I want a giant robot anime. <laughs> uh, I want a giant robot anime with because you said owl and I wanted to say animal anime with like owls piloting the robots or like giant <laughs> robot owls. That That's more compelling great. than this movie. I thought the Sith and the Knights of Ren were like separate orders of the dark side is another thing. And then like here, it doesn't seem like that's the case at all. The Knights of Ren have always been cooler on paper (laughs) Uh 
Like, that's a cool sounding name when you hear like, yeah, Kylo took off and he like built the Knights of Ren. You're like, oh, what's that? It sounds like he's building his own brand new dark side thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like his five buddies who, again, it's it's like it's like the children of Thanos in oh. Marvel. OK, it's a fun idea, but like it never really paid. You don't see any of those guys long enough to care about any of them. Yeah, this is not a Marvel podcast, and I dread the day that we start doing these movies now <laughs> after 11 Star Warses, but Corvus Glaive is cooler than anyone in the Knights of Ren, just yeah, on his yeah. own, <laughs> even in the movies where he doesn't get to do cool shit, so. <laughs> All right, so Kylo's taking off for Exegol, which is like mm-hmm. the deep secret unknown region homeworld of the Sith, which is also where, Apparently. you know. Palpatine's been like hiding out in his post clone whatever body listener you may detect the fact that at this point I have lost my grip on all Star Wars lore I no longer know the things that has been happening increasingly across the last three movies the wheels are completely off now I do not know the things anymore there's a clone Palpatine yeah it's Palpatine but I talked to you and I keep saying Palpatine because you say Palpatine but like, yep. yeah, it, I'm so bad at names. I just, I, at this point I hear myself saying them wrong about. often, but it's just like, it's such, it happens on my other podcast all the time and it's not worth my time to double back and correct. So I just keep rolling. Oh, it's fine. It's, I know who you're talking about. It's just, it was just the only way I can say Palpatine is if I say rich chocolatey Palpatine. And that's weird. Rich, like Ovaltine, like Ovaltine. That's the only way I can get his name right. Yes. Uh, that's, yep, that's my brain. That's what associates. That's what happens. <laughs> that's what happens in my head, meat, for sure. Uh, so anyway, there's a secret Sith planet with a clone Palpatine in J.J. Abrams' new Star Wars fanfic that for some yep. reason got a budget. <laughs> I will say, I have read, uh, Chuck Wendig did a series, a trilogy of books called Aftermath. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was the writer who got the, like, unfortunate responsibility of having to sort of yoke these stories together mm-hmm. and there, it like he did his level best to build some bridge work to get here like there's a colin trevorrow script too right that like now there the is. internet yeah. knows of and like i've only done the briefest pass of it to look over it and even it is better than this <laughs> <laughs> so so all right so he gets to like we follow him to exegol pretty quickly he gets there quickly i had forgotten i had forgotten how fast in the movie kylo meets i keep saying palpatine palpatine i guess technically it's probably darth sidious if we want to be like truly accurate yes like here's the fucking thing about this movie mark is that 500 things happen and it feels like none of them matter. Right. Or, and I care about none of them. It's, I was writing our plot thing. summary, like I always do for our show notes, mm-hmm. and it's short. And I kept trying, like, there's more here, but there's not really more. Like, a ton happens. This movie is far too long, but none of it matters. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably paced better than some of the other movies, even. But, like, it, yeah. But nothing matters. It feels like nothing matters, even when it wants to tell you that everything matters. So Darth Sidious, Palpatine, whatever, uh-huh. says like, hey, it was me all along, Snoke, and uh, like the voices of your grandfather that you heard in your head and all of it. Oh, it's all secretly been me. 
I was the turkey all along. <laughs> it's, it is it is the least interesting reveal, and it wants to be so cool. Like, it wants to be I am your father, and it's just so bland. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't. Fine. No one, no one cares that Palpatine's back. We didn't. No. Nobody wanted this. No one wanted this. At no point does it feel like a threat, even when he's like, I'm back, and also I have 1,700 laser-powered Star Destroyers. Eh? I hate it. All his, they, <laughs> that's another thing that we got to get to, is that like, they, Return of the Jedi didn't already jump the shark of being, let's just do the Death Star again. Right. And then Starkiller Base didn't ju- jump the shark of being like, it's a hundred Death Stars. Now it's, now everything's a Death Star. Our entire fleet are Death Stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I, it, it's fan fiction and not yep. good fan fiction. I don't say that to besmirch people who do that. Like it's you, what whoever's listening to this and thinking, "Hey, that hurts my feelings." I do fa- fan fiction. No, yours is better than this. You deserve all the money <laughs> they gave to this man. Yeah. So so Sidious is like, "Hey, bud, it was me all uh-huh. along. I've got a secret fleet of super secret eternal Sith star destroyers. I'm not making that up. The Sith Eternal is the name of that weird cult that brought Palpatine's clone to life. So, how would you like to be the boss of the First Order? Huh? Huh? Uh, uh, isn't he already First Order or Final Order? I think we're Final Order. Oh, they change it. Is the Final Order the name of the order, or is it like?" Or is it like the final solution? It can't just de- it can't decide what it <laughs> what those words mean in its own movie. It's I think technically the final order is the name of that enormous eternal Sith fleet. I'm pretty sure. Again, I'm real sketchy, but I'm pretty sure the final order is just like the name of all of those Star Destroyers. Or, or, mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's just all of them ships, super secret Sith eternal ships. Yes. I, I suppose it's supposed to tie to Order 66 or whatever. I don't I don't know. It just feels like a 12-year-old yes. writing Star Wars fanfic. Right. And it's... listen, sometimes George Lucas sounds like a 12-year-old writing Star Wars fanfic. But Absolutely. still, it's just, just, it's old man clone Palpatine with 100,000 super Death Star Star Destroyers that he's calling Final Order that was kept secret by the Eternal Sith Cult. It's just too much for me. It's so much. (laughs) This isn't... We've mentioned Jumping the Shark already, but, like, what if on Happy Days, instead of Jumping the Shark, he, like, jumped, like, a whale, and then also the Titanic, and then also (laughs) the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. (laughs) That's how, that's the territory we're in. It's not. <laughs> so that's what's going on with Kylo. Elsewhere, Finn and Poe are hanging out on the Falcon with Chewie. Uh, this movie made me realize that we don't need Chewie in these movies. Right. And it's it's I love Chewie so much from the original yeah. cast. And like he's the one that gets to make it the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, kind of a fun nod to the fact that Chewie was the only like major canon character that got killed off in the old extended universe and fans got real cranky about it. Okay. Okay. So I sort of enjoyed the idea that they're like, fine, fine. You can have your Wookiee. So they get some like secret info from a guy named Bulio or from an Ovisian, I guess, technically named Bulio. Bulio. Who says like, Hey, I've got a spy deep in the first order, not to be confused 
with the final order, <laughs> deep within the first order, and he's got this this info for you. <laughs> and this is how the good guys learned about Exegol. Uh-huh. Just from old Bulio. We will find out in a bit who that spy is. Bulio does just sound like someone named Julio died and became a ghost. <laughs> it does. The, I just want to acknowledge the joke we have all like consciously like acknowledged in our heads before now and have just let go. Bulio is definitely like a tertiary character in a single issue of Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yes. 100%. <laughs> So, okay, so they get it. They're like, all right, well, we know what to do with secret information. Anytime we get it, quick, put it into R2. Yep. He can't die. He's R2-D2. That's fine. He carries all the secrets. It's his whole job. He carries this entire goddamn franchise on his back. (laughs) He does. He and 3PO are the heart of this franchise. So that's happening. And Uh the third kind of of our three main plots at the beginning of this movie is Ray, who is training with Leia to sort of round out her Jedi training. Uh, yes, because the fanboys were mad that we didn't see her training before. So now we have to show right. her training yep. into this movie. So, okay. She gets Anakin's old lightsaber for some, because no one wants new lightsabers anymore. Everyone needs Anakin? a legacy lightsaber. <laughs> Is that Anakin's? Oh, yeah, because it's Luke. Because Luke's is Anakin's. That's right. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm with Yeah, you. she's got Luke's original blue lightsaber. Uh-huh. Uh, she does some, like, forest running and whatnot, and it's fine. And then somewhere in here, there's, like, a, another Kylo slash Ray force vision-y thing. Sort of. Yeah. I'm unclear. Like, he's... I don't know if JJ just did not want to use the like force skyping that we did in the last mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. But like Kylo's talking to like Vader's hat, but somehow <laughs> Ray's like tapped in. I like that you call it a hat. Water masks, <laughs> if not hats for your face. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so through this sort of vision. Mm-hmm. she becomes aware of Exegol and the restored, Sidi- restored Sidious, etc. I understand how Force Skype works, Mark. That makes sense to me. Yep. And I'm not sure I understand how whatever the next evolution of that in this film works. I A lot of this movie is just like, we need to lay some plot thick and fast and there's really no convenient way to do it so we're just gonna do it anyway if we didn't do it this way we'd have to go back to the writer's room and come right. up with a better script and right. we don't have time right. for that <laughs> so okay so ray gets that vision she's still nervous she's uh struggling with her training she's reading the ancient texts when finn and poe who are definitely still coded as a couple at this point in the movie, show up. (laughs) Right. It's disappointing every time they're on screen together, honestly. So they all, they all get together with like the remains of the resistance. And I don't know. They're like, Oh yeah, I guess uh, Darth Sidious is back. And also Exegol 
or something. Why do they know this again? I guess that you said that there was like an announcement that went out to the galaxy or some shit. Like, yeah, like there's a Pal- Palpatine, Palpatine. Uh, remember the opening gold scroll oh, said like the dead talk. Or the, the dead are talking or something like that. Oh, whatever. The dead speaks. Uh, yeah, the, the dead speaks. That's right. The galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast, a threat of revenge in the sinister voice of the late Emperor Palpatine. What? Uh, Why? Who knows? Again, we need to communicate information, and it takes too much thought to think, like, how would Palpatine reveal himself to the galaxy? I don't know. Just put him on the intercom and stick it in the gold scroll. I can talk to everyone at once. <laughs> like, people complain so much about Force Skype, and he, like, Force Skyped the galaxy. The like, galaxy. <laughs> said all of it. And, Mark, like, I hate it. yeah, it's bad. It is nice in this little resistance. Like, there's a minute in this meeting room where it's like, oh, yeah, there's, you know, Rose and, and Poe and Finn, and, like, they're all here, and that's nice for a minute. Oh, yeah, Rose uh, is in this movie. She- and, yeah, she's here. Uh, yep. Yep, she's here to cash. Kelly that Marie Tran is doing everything she can. She's she's lovely every time she's on screen. She's so and like that's one of the things I like is movie. like yeah. when she gets some screen time, she shines. Yeah, they give her nothing to work with, and she's still captivating in every scene. So okay, so Poe stands up at some point. He's like, so turns out. Uh, Based on secrets that I have learned, the Palpatine's been like setting this all up for, I don't know, 40 years. And he's built the like this giant space fleet called the Fine Order. And we have 16 hours to stop it. Like, boy, Bo, you've got a lot of specific information that you're looking straight down the barrel of the camera to share. I Yeah, he's expositing everywhere. <laughs> and, and it's... It's awful. Like, even Leia's line was like, it was Palpatine the whole time. I, yep. I, it's, it's bad. There's so much bad dialogue in this movie. I just. Yep. What happens next, Mark? <laughs> well, there's a minute where 3PO is like, guys, I know we need to go to Exegol, but you may like to know that it's not on a map anywhere, but there's secret Sith stories about it. Uh, and Maz says like we because Maz Katana or Maz Kanata is here who I like I like Maz that's another thing I was yeah. glad to see Maz again a lot of characters just got squandered yeah really did yeah uh, and Maz is like but what are we gonna do how are we gonna get there Ray says don't worry I read it in a book which I guess is uh, kind of fun maybe like yeah, I was reading the ancient Jedi texts or something how ancient are they if they have Luke's notes that's the thing is she didn't like she didn't read like a th- the writings of a 3000 year old Jedi who was like, you know, we've been trying to find like the secrets of Exegol. It was just Luke who was like, oh, yeah, got to find me one of them Sith GPS devices so I can find Exegol. Jumps straight to like the middle of like <laughs> second Timothy or whatever in their like right. religion. Yep. <laughs> it was just like, this is where I decided to start reading this text. <laughs> So Ray and Poe, Finn, Chewie, and 3PO mm-hmm. all head out to where, like, the Forbidden Desert of Pasana. Yeah, sure. Because that, that's what, like, this movie is just, like, plot jump to plot jump, which, okay, all right. That's, I mean, it's not unlike Star Wars to just hop from planet to planet. 
it it really isn't and i hate that about it but it isn't out of <laughs> character so far no so they're going to the the forbidden desert or whatever the forbidden valley maybe i forget they're going to something forbidden in, in, in Pasana. all we know is you're not supposed to be there <laughs> yeah but luke thought like there was a clue there or something and Finn is like, Rose, why don't you come along and do something plot interesting? And Rose is like, I can't. Leia told me I'm not allowed. Can't do it. Mom said no. <laughs> and then yeah. she goes back and she goes, I don't care that you said no. <laughs> There's also a minute where I feel like I feel like J.J. Abrams was personally spitting in the face of this very podcast. <laughs> because we have talked so much about how C-3PO and R2-D2 are the couple that is the glue of this franchise. And there's a oh, minute yeah. where C-3PO has to turn right to R2 and say, like, you know, if I never make it back, not I love you, not carry on <laughs> or, you know, find someone else to love. You were my best friend. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, like, okay. ideally, all of our partners will be our, our best friends if we are sure. lucky enough. So, like, that's <laughs> how I'm, I have chosen to interpret this, because them robots gay. I'll take and it. What Like, it was a genuinely moving moment. Like, Anthony Daniels is doing some real good voice acting there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they, uh, you know, they take off for forbidden something or others. <laughs> <laughs> Forbidden something or others, yes. <laughs> There's a bit where we're back with Kylo and like in perhaps the most visual representation of J.J. Abrams trying to, quote, undo the problems of Ryan Johnson's movie. He's literally having his helmet welded back together. Every one of those moments just makes me go, really? Here's the thing, Mark, is like. We talked last time, we talked at length on that last episode about how, yes, Ryan Johnson came in and, like, derailed what Lost Boy, uh, what's his name, who did this movie? <laughs> that man. Abrams, yep. Yeah, J.J. Abrams. He also came in and, like, undid it, just like Ryan Johnson undid his first film. But here's the here's the thing, is that Ryan Johnson came in and deconstructed Star Wars. Sure. And then Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Johnson left. Uh, everything in the hands of Broom Kid, and then J.J. Abrams came in and, like... Where's the glue and duct tape? We need to reconstruct yes. this Star Wars. It is like, in, if in Full Metal Alchemist, they broke down something to make a spear. Like, they broke down a statue to make a spear, right. and then, rather than making that spear, they just made the same statue. <laughs> like, what was the... <laughs> what, what was the point? <laughs> yep. So this whole bit with... Ren or Kylo Ren is really just for Ren to say, hey, we have a spy. He's got like the dead body of Bulio or whatever. <laughs> That's right. It's Bulio's head. <laughs> yeah, Bulio's head is here. There's a bit where like random general whoever, whoever shows up to say like, your hokey old religion is ridiculous. Because that, you know, it's a thing. That's a beat we have to hit. Yeah. And then, is dumb. <laughs> then we're back to Pisana. Yes, Paisano. Paisano. <laughs> it's a and it's an and we're just Italian like, cousin. They're just like Scooby Doo style hunting for clues. Like there's got they might as well have a a magnifying glass. Like there's got to be a clue here somewhere. This would be way better if there was like a talking Great Dane <laughs> with them. 
and Kylo kind of like voice chats with Ray again. Mm-hmm. And he says like, hey, just so you know, like the Dark Sidious wants you dead as if Ray wouldn't have immediately assumed that. Right. And they chat for a minute because she's like, I can tell you're sad that you killed your dad. I and I like <laughs> I like Ray so much, but this dial like Abrams dialogue ain't his strength to begin with. And I know he co wrote yeah. this movie with several other shadow writers, but whoever like wrote the beats of this dialogue it's really falling down on the job. It's I like Ray I think more than I like Daisy Ridley. No offense to Daisy Ridley. Um, sure, sure. <laughs> but like like I like Ray just like as a character, uh and like and aesthetically, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. And, yep. But, like, not a lot to work with in this movie, and it really sucks. No. It really sucks for her, because this is her trilogy. Yeah, so, this is this is the Ray story this trilogy is. And she comes out of the gate pretty strong in that first movie. It's fun. Yeah. And now she's just, like, grumping at a guy and getting her necklace stolen. Yeah. Which, what is I, that about? Like... Stealing the necklace through the force is infinitely more stupid than Skype calling. Yes. That's the part that I don't understand is how (laughs) they interact with physical objects through space with the force, which I mean, like it's just space wizardry so it can do whatever it needs to do. But something about it, like it's a cool concept that I don't think JJ Abrams was the right person to try and pull off. (laughs) <laughs> so so ray says like she, she finds her team she's like guys we we need to get moving soon i just talked to kylo and i'm sure like he's mad and he's gonna be showing up kylo for his part is just like hey does anybody recognize this necklace and someone on his ship is like yeah in fact i do that's a necklace from the Forbidden we, Valley or whatever. We scanned it and we know exactly where in Italy this is from. And <laughs> yeah. they fly off to space Italy. <laughs> so they get rescued by Lando, which great to see Lando. That's fun. Yeah. I like Lando a lot. And Billy D. Williams is still an incredibly handsome man. Yeah, I am on board with uh, all the amount of Billy D. Williams that is in this movie. Yeah. Why is he here? Who knows? He's got information about the Wayfinder. Turns out there are only two of them ever. How convenient. Why do you know this? I was here with Luke when he did the the thing. Why were you here with Luke? Plot contrivance. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. I do like the idea that, like, for Uh some weird reason, the super, like, focused and sort of whiny Jedi Master and the, like, crazy pansexual casino owner just became best pals. Yeah, I'm kind of like, into that. I imagine that like Luke was picking out his crew for like who to go on this, and he walked into a room with Han Solo and Lando Calrissian. And he looked back and forth, and he said, "I only need one of these," and took Lando and left. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so he says, "Like, oh, wait, like we did, like we were hunting down a man named Ochi or something," <laughs> <laughs> and. Like, Luke kept going or whatever, but I just hung out here. Oh, yeah. Ochi. I forgot about Ochi. Why did they try to make Ochi a thing? I don't know. I don't. He's like, good news. I know where Ochi's ship was. Maybe there'll be something there. I, it's, it's all very weird. 
It's so bizarre. It's like, who the fuck is Ochi and why do we care? Like, he's he's only in this film and only as he was over here. And also, he's the one that killed Ray's parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. I just presume that Lando must have, like, fallen in love with someone and stuck around for a while. And that's why he's still here. Like they showed up, he and Luke showed up hunting this thing. Luke's like, "Come on, we got to keep going to the next place." And Lando's like, "I got a, I got a thing going over here. I'm just, I'm just gonna stay for a while. I'll catch up later." Have you seen the village? Like, there's a, right. like, this looks like Woodstock for a reason. There's an orgy right. as soon as sun goes down. It's, I, I am here for a reason. So then there's like a desert chase, which looks cool at least. Like they're on sort of like a skiff thing, yeah. and there's some Tie fighters chasing them down. And yeah, it's fine. It's a fine chase sequence. It's desert, and one might argue that Star Wars has gone to the desert well a few too many times at this point, but mm-hmm. yeah, okay, it's it's fine. At some point, BB-8 is, like, shooting off colored smoke to, like, blind the troopers who are chasing them. Uh, just so that Ray can be like, it's like, just like Leia said, you never underestimate a droid. Did you not think that was said earlier? Right. I'm going to say it here. <laughs> I've learned that you should never underestimate a droid after I told him to stop doing it. So at some point they end up like in a giant snake tunnel that they fell into through quicksand or something. It's yeah, it feels so contrived. I believe they're they called Vexus. I think. The snakes? Yeah. Okay. So they're just in like the snake tunnel and I don't know, Ray heals one of them and they find Ochi's ship, I guess. Like it's all very, it's a lot and nothing through this whole chunk of the desert. There is, they spend so much of this movie trying to reinforce this like weird idea of pacifism within Ray, like. It does not work for me at all. No, no, it does not we, come together well. I don't know what they're going for, but no. space Nazis, and we don't need to be, like, you know, they want to kill, like, all the people, right? Right, <laughs> right. You know, like, you know, they have a fleet of ships that just blow up planets. Um, yeah. It's okay just to, like, like, kill them. Death Star's and built on the back of Star Destroyers. <laughs> yeah, and, like... This whole movie, it seems like it's like I can't do that. I have to. I have to be the. I have to be the woman and and like be the the nurse and restore the people healer, instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they find a a knife. They find a knife. Yeah. That's that's. It's a nice knife, I guess. It's kind of dumb looking, if I'm honest. And and Chewie has the knife, but then Chewie gets captured, and taken up in the air in a ship. Yeah, oh, and, I this is I hate this part of the movie, Mark. <laughs> I actively I, why. I actively hate that. This is the part of the movie that I think of whenever I think of this movie. Yep. Is that we have this whole like all this long drawn out bullshit where like we have this first of all the knife thing feels like it's out of Indiana Jones, right? It doesn't belong it, in this movie. Absolutely. We get to this point where like she has this like old what like what the fuck is this tone here, Mark? Because I don't we have, know. We're stuck in the catacombs and there's a snake and I'm nice to the snake. And now he lets me out and I found this knife and we're in Indiana Jones, but the robot can't decipher it. And now we're getting back to our ship to go back into space. We can't go back to the Falcon because we'll definitely find us at the Falcon. So I'm going to go right? out here in the middle of nowhere and stare off into nothing because I'm <laughs> Ray Skywalker and that's what I do. <laughs> and 
<laughs> for like half to this pull movie. A ship out of the sky like it's like, a kite. She, she's like she just dissociates in the middle of the mission and yep, this movie. She like, sure does five times. I'm like, are you okay, girl? Are I don't think we should. Just, are you all right? Are you? What can we do for you? To, like because whatever JJ is doing to you is not okay. And she's like just staring out into nothing and. Kylo's going to run over her with a speed some sort of craft that he's flying very low to the ground like he I, doesn't like you kill her, all I remember that. about this is like there's a dumb desert fight and I get cinematically a lot of this is very satisfying like it looks sure. cool yeah but the narrative is just like but there's no reason it's for barely it. hanging on yeah so like he she does the back foot like doesn't it make more sense for, like, him to be chasing... Like, first of all, we shouldn't have established at this point that he want, doesn't want to kill her. He should have that right. revelation after this all happens, whenever he yep. sees the Force lightning. That would be good storytelling. Uh, and so, like, he's trying to <laughs> run her down, and, like, they're running to the ship or something, and then she does the... She takes out the lightsaber and does it mid-run when she's already running. Why does she go stand in the middle of nowhere, turn her back to it, <laughs> start running at an arbitrary point in time, then do a weird twisty backflip to take out the yeah. ship. Yeah. I mean, it looks cool, and I think that's the only reason it happened. Is like It's the only time he slows down in the whole fucking movie, Mark, and yep, it's for no reason. Yep. It absolutely feels like, and I love Fast and Furious, but this feels like a weird Jedi Fast and Furious sequence. It's, And so this isn't even the worst part. It's like, then they do the like half-assed fight. Like, it's not even a fight scene. Yep. Crawls out of his ship that she fucked up. Chewie has to go get Ray because we've just let, let her wander off into the middle of the desert to start yep. beef with baby Hitler, I guess. And <laughs> then they get into like a, like then they capture Chewie, but we only see one of the transport ships take off and it starts to fly off and Finn's like, stop the thing. And Ray stops the thing. And then they fight and then there's the force lightning and then it blows up. And we're supposed to, as an audience, because we've only seen one transport ship, believe that Chewie just got blown the fuck up. And this is yep. this is the part about this movie that I hate is that it does not let these characters sit with that. It does not feel real. At no point does no. this actually feel like like something horrible and tragic has happened. So like either we are left to assume they're going to undo this and like try and pull the most half-hearted gotcha ever in the next five minutes, or uh, Chewie is dead and they don't know how to direct the pathos <laughs> that we need here. And yeah. either way, it's bad. And we got one of those, and it was still bad. Yep, it was not good at all. And, and, and Ray just killed Chewie, like the uh, yeah. And, and everyone just climbs on the ship, and they're like, "Well, I guess we're off to Kimji now." Kajimi, Kajimi, Babu it's, Frick yeah, World. It's we're off to Babu Frick World. Yeah, Hideo Kajima Land. It's yeah. I. We're just going to go take a brief detour through a cyberpunk movie. Yeah, which is good, but it doesn't it's belong in this. But it doesn't belong here. This is my here. favorite bit of the movie, except for yeah. it shouldn't be in the movie. And that's maybe maybe the most damning thing you can say about this movie is this is handily the coolest part of the movie and it should not be here. It's just here so that we can go See, this is what see. This is what Poe looks like when he actually wants somebody. This is when he is actually whenever Poe is the horny. This is what he looks yeah. like. Now you know. So he's definitely not gay. Yeah, that's really what it is. We needed to go. They do uh, it to both of them in this movie. 
they, oh, they go, so here's a lady. Here's a lady. Look, here's this lady that they can like, and they have similar roots to to these boys. So maybe they should get with these people rather than each other, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? And the entire audience was like, "No, no, 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 thank maybe. you." And and listen, hey. Zori Bliss or whatever her ridiculous porn name is, <laughs> looks is awesome. Name. And Carrie yeah, Russell cool. is killing it. I forget it's Carrie Russell, and every time I remember that, I like her more because yeah, Carrie. It's Russell. all great. It is infuriate. Like, just give me, give me the cyberpunk Star Wars TV series or something. Let me have this yeah. cool world somewhere else that isn't trying to like give a heterosexual shower to Poe. Right. I don't need that nonsense. It's and whatever. It is what it is. That's fine. It's, I'm headcanoning yeah. them both as bisexual at this point. And that's, yeah, okay. That's how, yeah, that's how, I'll take that's that. how my brain is going to like just cope with this movie. I'll <laughs> accept that. I will accept that. And like, whatever. They fight for a minute because Zori's trying to get a bounty on Ray or something. And then Zori takes him to Babu Frick, who was a cool looking little Star Wars dude. Yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's a cute little guy. He looks kind of like he belongs in a Men in Black movie, but he's fine. He does. Yep. Uh, and they're like, hey, Babu, we, uh, we need some like secret Sith words. Three PO. Yeah, like three PO's got secret Sith words hidden in a secret part of his secret memory. <laughs> Can you please get them? And it's gonna wipe his memory, right? And and like that's the trade off, the horrible trade off they have to make because we're gonna lose C three. And that does suck because three PO's the coolest character in Star Wars, and this is what we're doing to him. I mean, coolest character in Star Wars might be a bit much, but I get where you're coming from. He's been my favorite from day one. Oh, <laughs> incredible. I, here's the, but, but they don't follow through on anything. Like any of the high stakes, they don't follow right. through on any of them. In this movie. They want you to like, feel like it's a big deal. And then it's not five. It's fine. Five minutes later. And I, yeah. Yeah. That's the most infuriating part of this movie to me is that it wants you, it wants to have its cake and eat it too. It sure, cause like we're barely out of the Babu Frick memory wipe and we're like, hey, guess what? Chewie's alive. Let's go save him. Yep. And so we, we do, I guess there's some weird captain medallion thing. I don't really understand what's going on it's... with Zori and Poe, but I think because I don't want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, I can use this to get off this planet, and I want to get off yeah, this planet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, here, you can have it. Why? Cause I, because I'm only here to further your storyline as the female love Right. <laughs> that's why. So they use the captain's medallion or whatever to, like, land on a Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. And they, like, blast their way to where Chewie's being held captive or whatever. Raise Jedi mind-tricking people. Which proves that she's not a Skywalker. Right. Because she's good at this. <laughs> right. There's a minute where Ray, like they've got Chewie, or they're on their way to get Chewie, rather. And Ray is like, oh, wait, but I sense the presence of a knife. <laughs> sense the Which presence is maybe the least interesting use of the Force across all she, nine movies. <laughs> she straight up, they get on there and she's like, we need the knife. I got to go get the knife. And then the boyfriends stop each other and like, no, we have to focus on Chewie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poe and Finn go to get Chewie. Kylo was like, ah, Ray is here. So we we'll make a detour uh, gonna... to this broom closet and make out for a bit off screen. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go for a minute. Yeah, I got things to do. I got to <laughs> talk to a man about a horse and just fucks yeah. off to find a knife. 
And so they chat for a bit. Uh-huh. And Kylo was like, I lied to you when I when I told you your parent like he certain points of view her for a, uh, for a minute. I didn't lie. They were nobody. Technically. They, yeah. Technically, they don't matter. Not, I mean, really, who's to say any of us matter in the grand scale of the universe? Really, can we say <laughs> right. that any one person matters? <laughs> they have a bit of a lightsaber duel for a minute. Depends on your definition of is. <laughs> Ah, uh, at some point, I think, doesn't she like, like, she lightsabers Vader's hat in here somewhere? Yeah, she, you're still calling it a hat, huh? Yeah, she smashes, like, the it. pedestal that, yeah, that she smashes <laughs> through the hat rack that Vader's right. hat is on, and it falls to the ground, and rather than Kylo looking at the fucking knife in her hand this entire time, he realizes she's on the ship because of the hat. <laughs> Yep. What? <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay, movie. You're the movie. <laughs> Finn, Poe, and Chewie have gotten captured, but General Hux makes, I'm calling it a face turn here. Yeah, that's accurate. Uh, he's going to set him free mm-hmm. and tell him where the Falcon is. It's yes. maybe less of a face, like he's not, he's not suddenly super pro resistance. He is uh-huh. just like super done with Kylo. <laughs> He's just a petty little fuckboy. It's... Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he's doing a good guy thing, but I don't think it makes him a good guy. No, he's definitely not. He's just... <laughs> he's just jealous. Of, he uh, He's just bad. He's just... He's the worst he's been in these movies at this point. He's just yeah. there to go, like, I, I, I was the spy. It was me. I was a spy. Shoot me in the arm. <laughs> he gets shot in the leg instead for reasons, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. Then Ray tasks, like, a collection of droids to go find everyone. There's, like, 3PO, BB-8, and uh, what's his name? The the sad droid from... And that works. It's Dio. <laughs> Dio, yes. It's, it's, I know it's Dio because I think of those fucking JoJo memes every time he's on screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I somehow she tells the, like, the droid B-team and R2 to go find him. And right. Or is R2? R2's not with them. R2's not there. It's BB-8, right. yeah. It's BB-8 and Dio and 3PO. Yep. Uh, yeah. The, like, the, they send the B-team and it works? Question yep, mark? It Somehow. sure does. Like, they just, they waddle down the hallway and find them and they're like, <laughs> here's your poking, Chewie. Yep. Kylo says like, oh, by the way, uh, you're Darth Sidious's granddaughter. Ta-da! Surprise! And also, we're something called a dyad, which you might think is the, like, spirit of a forest tree, but in fact, it is, like, two and one in the force or something. It's a dyad. It's like... I'm pretty sure that's just... I think that's just called monogamy. I think that's... <laughs> yeah! I think yeah, the word you're but... looking for is monogamy. <laughs> so, Okay. He's like, but it's cool because I'm here and like we can just team up and kill Darth Sidious and like have sex on his corpse and it'll be great. <laughs> A very specific fetish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard to pull off. You need a dead Sith Lord. You will need to find, it's fine. If you can't provide your, like if you don't have like the time and energy to make your own dead Sith Lord, 
Store-bought is fine. Right, right. It's all right. <laughs> it's like factory farming Sith Lords, basically, <laughs> in this in this movie. Like, that's what's going on with Sidious, right? Oh, boy. Yep. And Ray says, like, no, that still does not sound good to me. I I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> this may come as a shock to you, but I don't think most people want to be fucked on top of a corpse of their grandfather. <laughs> All right, where are we in this dumb movie? Fuck if I know. Um, we are still in the knife plot. Uh, right. I think we need to go to Exegol and Leia's going to die. Yeah, there's a minute where they go to... Where do they go? It's like Kif Beer or Octo or something. No, they go to... Ray goes back to Octo for a little while. She's kind of done. Yeah. Which, who can blame her? We're all kind of done at this point. Uh-huh. And then... Mark Hamill shows up, who I'm going to only refer to from here on out as Octodad. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Just to undo the whole nonchalantly tossing the lightsaber over his shoulder thing from the last movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to make the fanboys happy that we're so salty about the last thing. Yep. I don't know. It's weird. He shows up, he gives her a pep talk. He's like, you gotta get back out there, kid. Here's your mom's lightsaber. I mean, it's not really your mom, it's my sister, your standing mom, whatever. Just take the lightsaber. Yep. <laughs> I don't think anything that really happens on Octo is necessary or matters, with the exception of Luke pulling the ship out of the water. I did kind of like that. That was fun. That's yeah, like, it was fun to see the X-Wing and like to see him do the thing. The thing he couldn't do in the swamp. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as the master over the people. Yeah. Like... That was fine. If it was like it would have landed much better for me if there wasn't, you know, a turducken of nostalgia shoved <laughs> sure. up its own ass in this movie. But like on its own, it's fine and I like it. <laughs> that one's okay. That that one's that one's fine, JJ. All the others, maybe not so much. Okay, I figured out where, where I skipped us off track. And that uh-huh. is we jumped over all of Kef Beer because the only thing I wrote about it in our plot outline was, Uh I hate this dumb knife plot. Okay, yeah, that's I saw that, and I assumed it was just everything that we just didn't care to talk about, literally anything between (laughs) I found this knife, and this knife just happens to show me exactly where to go. Right, yeah, yeah. It's only... None of it is important, except for this is where Leia dies, and that is important. Yeah. So they take the knife... To some planet in the Endor system, which is kind of cool. Where the Death Star crashed, question? Right, right, yeah. They ride these kind of horse, or Bach, I think is what they're called, things. This is where, like, Jenna briefly shows up, and it all leads to the revelation that, like, look, the edge of this knife lines up perfectly with the, I... like, the silhouette of the wreckage of this thing in the Why ocean. Would... Why would that? That's only going to work from a very particular angle, right? Yeah, that's a horrible landmark anyway, because it's in the water, where things famously don't stay in the same place. It's like its whole deal. <laughs> that's kind of what water does. Right. And there's these giant waves, and like I know it's a big, heavy thing, uh-huh. but how long is that knife thing going to be good for? What? I Whatever, it doesn't matter. The Wayfinder is in the Death Star, I guess. But Kylo Ren is also here, and we're going to have another meaningless fight. 
this time, for I think actually the first time, Kylo wins the fight. Okay, okay. And Leia senses that it's happening, and Maz is there for no reason at all, just to say, like, ah, time for Leia to die, huh? Yep. She has to use all her energy to stop her kid. Right. Despite the fact that people have been forced communicating right and left across this movie nonstop, apparently it is too much for, for poor Leia's frail womanly system. Yeah, I think that because... was the point of the dyad. Like, I think that's... I guess... Like, they want it to be like, only these two people can do it, and we know that's not true because of Vader and Luke and... Right, Vader and Luke, Palpatine, Palpatine did it, like, in Palpatine the did it scroll in at the this beginning. movie! Yeah, like, off-screen yeah. did it. So, like, but whatever. This movie makes its own rules and doesn't follow them. Nope. She, she yells out Ben through the Force, and then she dies, and Ben's like, Mom? And that is enough for, like, to distract him, and then Ray what? kills him, but then feels bad about it and heals him. Yeah. And that's which, what happens. That's how Leia dies. Which makes Kylo go, I shouldn't be a bad guy anymore? Question I guess. What the fuck is, is unclear. What is? He calls what himself is Ben again at this point. So I guess that's something. He does that after he talks to not his dad's Force ghost? I do, I know there have been various, like, I think J.J. Abrams' official line on this is like, this is just a conversation that Kylo made up in his head based uh-huh. on his memories of his dad. I think that right. is the official line on what's happening. Yeah, because, like, it's Star Wars, so this is normally where a Force Ghost would be, but it's clearly right. not a Force Ghost. But Han is actively not a Force guy. Like, that's part right. of his deal. That's, part, like, his whole deal. So we have to use an excuse to get him back in this movie like the other two main characters of the original trilogy so right flashback in my brain yep Yep. he decides he's a good guy now at some point the eternal fleet whatever final sith eternal blows up a planet with an axial super laser that's the name of the thing the axial super laser i hate it i hate it too I hate all of this. I cannot believe they do. They bring back Harrison Ford for that. Yeah. You know, Mark, I am five pounds of daddy issues in a trench coat. <laughs> sure. And so like if a movie's going for like a dad moment and it doesn't work, that's on me. If it doesn't work on sure. me, it's the movie's fault. Um, <laughs> and this is just not good. So Kylo talks to Ben. Then Ray talks to Luke. And then Kylo the talks in, to Ben. The entire yeah, Kylo talks to Ben. Kylo talks. I to mean, Han. he does. You're does. That's, that's what's happening there. <laughs> Ray Ray talks to Luke, and then the entire universe goes to Exegol, the most secret secret planet that no one knows about. Yes, now everyone knows about it because Just we followed like, one person to it. We couldn't have everyone like. Now. Kylo goes there, all of the good guys go there, Lando and every free ship in the galaxy goes there. We've talked before, I think, about how much I love the visuals of a Star Wars space battle. Uh Star Wars gets that right in a way that I think maybe no other sci-fi franchise has quite figured out yet. Like, no one does space naval battles cooler than Star Wars. I love them. I love them. This is the stupidest, right? Like well, when just a bajillion D ships jump into <laughs> to nowhere. Like, hello, here are all of your friends. Planet? 
It's like, it just looks so it's, dumb. It's above the surface of a planet. It's not even in space. Right. That's the thing. Like, it's if the- you guys try to... So, there's a thing in in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, near where I live. Mm-hmm. There's a big river that goes through the middle of Harrisburg. And in the, the middle river of that river there. is a small island called City Island. City Island has a little baseball stadium on it where a double a ball team plays and on the fourth of july every year the city sets off fireworks from city island Mm -hmm. and every year a bunch of local rednecks get in their redneck boots and watch the fireworks from the water Uh and i'm describing it that way specifically because that's kind of what they like there's there's some like outboard motors and whatever but there's also like like pontoon boats, which you know are just like the big boats that people get drunk on. Those boats. Uh-huh. And then there's some people who are just like in canoes or whatever. And the reason I'm describing all of this to you is because it happens every year and there's too many boats on the river and some of them run into each other. Okay. That happens every year. People get drunk in their boats and there's not like when you put that many boats into one river, there's not enough room for the boats to maneuver anymore, and they all get stuck. And that is what I think of when all of these ships show up. Like, where are you guys even going to go? There's no room for you to move. Incredible. I (laughs) I realized that was a long journey, but that is what my brain sees. It's fine. I want you to understand where my brain was during this entire story as well. (laughs) And that is that I have decided in this moment right now, uh, Every other dichotomy across history has been incorrect. And it's not about like rich versus poor, the haves, the have nots, the bourgeoisie (laughs) versus the proletariat. What it is, is have you ever gotten drunk on a boat before (laughs) versus people who have never gotten drunk on a boat before? That's the, that's the unifying thing. (laughs) Perfect. So, all right, where are we? So, Huh. Not on a okay. boat. Getting drunk. Boat. That's for damn sure. Oh, we also, while everyone's heading to Exegol, R2, because he is a good and loving husband, mm-hmm. has a backup of 3PO's memories. Like, it's fine, bud. Yes. I got you. It's fine. We backed this up before you left. I know how you are. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's very nice. It's like he packed his lover a lunch for his, like, right. right. Yeah. It's a sweet <laughs> moment. Don't worry, Between I know you friends. forget things sometimes. Uh, and now we're just, we're on Exegol, and I don't even know how much I want to talk about all of this. We have to, that's what this podcast is, we have yeah. to talk about it. There's going to be a giant fight. Uh, initially, there's a smaller fight between, like, the Resistance and the Sith Eternal or whatever. Right, right, right. And then there's the big, you know, whatever. Anyway, while all of this is happening, mm-hmm. Ray is in the biggest, emptiest auditorium you have ever seen with, like, sad, tertiary Darth Sidious, like, hanging on a clothes hanger. Yeah, he's on, like, how do I, how would I explain this? This is an Amin harness, which is a mechanical spine. Not a kink thing. It sounds like a nope. kink thing, but sounds like a kink thing. Well, it it's just like thing. a mechanical spine named for a, the Sith King Amen. Okay. Yeah, whatever. What it's just like he's just there. He's just hanging out with his gigantic metal spine, mm-hmm. yelling at his granddaughter. 
And it's just weird and sad. This whole scene is weird and sad. We know he's just going to spout bigotry and comment on your body, but he really yep. loves you, Ray. You really need to... <laughs> this is important. You're going to wish you were there. <laughs> and he's like, come on, kill me. Kill me, and then all of the Sith forever will get inside of you, which is definitely a thing that someone wants to happen. It's the weirdest bribe I've ever heard. It's it's something, huh? <laughs> it sure is. And the like when that doesn't work, he starts doing this like, "Hey, your friends are gonna die out there against the fleet, eternal, final, eternal." Mm-hmm. So uh, you know what would save them is if you were Sith God. Then your friends wouldn't die. Why don't you just, like, wave your hand and do the magic, like, talky mind trick yeah. stuff? Why, do, why is it always a bargaining thing? <laughs> you're supposed to be, like, this dark Sith Lord. Why don't you just wave a hand and be like, you're going to stab me with your lightsaber? <laughs> I'm going to stab <laughs> you with my lightsaber. End of, end of conversation. You're done. <laughs> so Ben shows up. There's a little bit of a fight, right? Like, mm-hmm. Ben shows up Ray, late, parks yeah. his, his egg crate ship, whatever they're fucking called, next to the X-Wing. Right. Um, <laughs> Tie Scout, then, I think. <laughs> sure. Uh, runs like, I don't, this, this movie did remind me just how unattractive Adam Driver is. I'm sorry, Adam Driver. I know, I know everyone loves Adam podcast, Driver. But... <laughs> you don't have to apologize to him. The entire rest of the world thinks he's gorgeous. It's okay. Right. He'll like, be okay without us. It's fine. I can say this all I want, and at the end of the day, he'll still be drunk on his boat. <laughs> he is, like, I get people being attracted to Oscar Isaac. I get... Sure. I, Listen, Oscar Isaac and John Boyega are yeah, both John in Boyega, this movie. for sure. Yeah. And both of them are very handsome men. Yep. Those are some good-looking dudes. <laughs> How do you objectively look at these three leading men and go, I don't want right. the bad one. <laughs> I think I can fix him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. This, like, half-fight thing happens. They teleport a lightsaber into his hand. And yeah. this, is, this is the second thing in the movie that I like, next to the pulling the, thing, the X-Wing out of the, the swamp, is the little shrug he does when he pulls it out. You just get, yep. just get enough of his dad in him right there that you're like, yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's, that's, that's cool. a nice Ab- moment. Absolutely. Uh, that's the one time in the theater that I went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going real well. There's a minute where Palpatine's like tapping into the force and he's like, aha, I see you are a dyad or whatever. <laughs> right. Pretty sure that's just monogamy. <laughs> just some dude yeah. in the crowd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's going to. He's going to just, like, his new plan, instead of, like, passing his essence into Ray, which sounds dirtier every time it comes up. Sure does. Is, like, well, I'm just going to steal the strength of this dyad and, like, revivify myself. Uh-huh. Sure, I guess. And this is also, like, this is being intercut with, like, Poe and the Resistance just, like, getting torn apart mm-hmm. by the final sith revenge order yes the super duper right uh, last order ex plus ultra arcade <laughs> right. edition and this is actually when lando shows up with like what is billed as a citizen's fleet uh-huh it's just like yeah everyone who had a ship 
with guns in the entire galaxy. Even old Wedge Antilles is here. We're all going to get drunk on our boats and watch the fireworks. I, but I do like, here's the, here's my tension. Cause I do agree. It does have the visual uh, representation that you were giving it, mm-hmm. but the idea that it's just like a bunch of like rickety, like hodgepodge. Like, yeah. Well, I, I really do like that. That does resonate that is with good. me. I don't think it's again, it's JJ Abrams. So he didn't do it right. But like the conceit there, I think is good. And I think fits in with the previous movie. Absolutely. So it's, it's weird that, yeah, that it brings to mind that very specific situation of a bunch of boats on a river watching <laughs> fireworks going off and getting drunk on a boat together. But it is cool and it is delivering on Broom Kid of like, right. The future is in the hands of the people. People are good and people will show up and take care of one another if you lead by example lead is in quotation marks that's a that's a weird way to frame it but yeah that's the way the movie frames it so ray and ben are just dying on the ground because like palpatine has stole all their energy and he's like up and stomping around now and the weird like sith cults doing a crazy chant thing yeah ray just kind of like summons the the I think according to official Star Wars canon, she taps into basically the power cosmic. And I know that's another Marvel thing. It but is. But basically she just like connects to like the Punches the, the core... Hulk into space. Yeah. Yeah. She just like, <laughs> she finds the force. Like she literally becomes one with the force in this moment. And the force is with her. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, and she hears like voices of Obi-Wan and Anakin and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Ahsoka Tano, uh, Luke, obviously, like, like, Windu's in there. We're just hearing all of these voices of, like, a minute ago, and stylistically, I want this to work, because a minute ago, Palpatine was, like, bribing her with, you can, like, all of the Sith across all of time will be with you. Uh, and, and her deliverance is, in fact, like, all of the Jedi across all of time, like, mm-hmm. encouraging her and, and, like, restoring her. And, and that moment is a good moment. It just, it feels weird with everything else that's going on. It maybe could have been a good moment in a better movie. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think the idea of... We're doing the final Skywalker film, number nine, is stretched across, like five decades of six decades of filmmaking and like we're gonna cap it off with this heartfelt connection to characters from all eras even including like the animated tv shows and like you know we're gonna do this big moment that like knits together all of the history of this well-loved franchise in this final capstone movie that's great, but the Capstone movie is not good, so it just doesn't like yeah. it doesn't work the way you want it to. Because you hired J.J. Abrams to make it. <laughs> right. Who right. Famously doesn't do endings. <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of gets herself back on her feet. She gets Leia's lightsaber. Yeah, both of it's a bad I hate the walking with the X gonna give it to you at lightsaber thing. Doesn't right, do it for me. right. There's nothing for me. It looks bad. Yeah, I, she's got both of them. She's like deflecting the lightning, which again, in theory, should be cool, but just doesn't. 
ultimately the, the I reject your hate. That's what's going on there. And like, yeah, very much so. Uh, and he is basically effectively destroyed by his own hate, right? Like he gets like torn apart by his own force lightning. Uh-huh. Uh, and like the the force of his whatever, like Sith power exploding, uh-huh. like shakes the foundations of the temple. Oh, no. It's going to rend it in two and then a new covenant will be. Right. right. I don't know. I hate, I hate it. It feels, it's so weird that they try and like have this very, to get political, this very like liberal idea of like nonviolent resistance on top of them, like just blowing the shit out of. Yeah. People uh, like literally right above you, like right over yep. your head. It's like, what are you doing? These are mixed messages out. The yeah, it clashes v- narratively clashes a lot. And then Ray's just dying because like that was it. That was the last of her energy. Finn yeah. senses her dying because Finn is like force, force adept, sensitive. even though he's never like had the time to deal with it. <laughs> and then Ben just like crawls out of the hole that Palpatine had chucked him into. Yeah. And they kiss. Like, he just drags himself up so he can get himself a kiss before he dies. I know he heals her. Like, he forced, like he gives his force energy to her or whatever. Because yeah. she's been the healer the whole time. And again, like, there is a construction here. I can see what you're doing, but you're J.J. Abrams. You don't have the nuance to do this. I hate... We do the kiss, and I hate it. I hate this. I, I hate, hate it so much. I hate it. So- Literally, I've already seen this movie, Mark. And while it was happening, I'm like, don't kiss. Don't do the thing. Like, I'm talking to the television screen. I'm like, yep. no, no. I, it's, I viscerally dislike it. Like, why are you? The bar was on the floor for the man, and he, like, still didn't. <laughs> he still couldn't step over the bar and still got. Yeah. Like, Here's your reward kiss for doing the bare minimum. I, I don't yep. know. It's, it's gross and weird, and I don't like it. it. I don't like it at all. It's very weird and just everyone wanted it to happen for bad reasons. And so it happened. Everyone who wanted this to happen. uh, We're not friends. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Letting you know that if you come to me and you're going to like pitch and tell me why uh, Raylo works. You're wrong. It doesn't. Yep. Nope. It does not work. (laughs) I am. You are allowed to have any other opinion about Star Wars you want and maintain a friendship (laughs) with me. If you think this works, you're wrong, and we can't be friends, and I'm sorry. (laughs) So we get a little, like, a montage of, like, the peoples of the galaxy rising up and, like, throwing off the First Order. So, like, we see Bespin, we see Wicket on Endor, Mm -hmm. Uh, we see a little bit of Jakku, Uh, then there's just a big party, which, you know, that's how Star Wars ends movies, that's okay. Did we mention at one point that Kajimi got blown up, but the Carrie oh, Fisher right. yeah, is somehow that was... alive? Or not Carrie Fisher, shit. Uh, Carrie Russell, yes. Yeah, Carrie she Russell. survives. Like She got off planet somehow. somehow before it got blown up. It was just the planet that was used to prove that Star Destroyers could blow up planets now. That's the coolest planet in the whole movie, and you blew that one up? Okay. There's a bit of a party. Lando shows up, which is nice to see Lando again. I like that he gets to be here at the end. You get exactly uh, 700 milliseconds of lesbians kissing. Yep. That can easily yep. be edited out for international audiences. Absolutely. You get a very uh, hetero-friendly hug between Poe and Finn that's infuriating because they've had Pretty way better gross. hugs. 
telling your boyfriend right on camera. It's fine. You've earned it. You guys have earned it. You did it. I promise. You're. It's and good. that would have been a fine ending, right? Like, yep, end on the big party. It's great. But we're going to cut back to Tatooine because Ray's go. which I kind of like the idea that she's like, let's let's just like, I'm going to, the Skywalker story is over. I'm going to take Luke and Leia's lightsabers back to Tatooine. Like, well, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But then, you know, just like a Tatooine local f- shows up. He's like, ah, ah, who are you? I don't recognize you because there's like 50 people who live in this town and you're not one of them. And she says, I'm Ray. And then Luke and Leia like force a ghost in to smile and she says, Skywalker. Sure. I, I, and I, Whatever. I am not opposed remotely to the idea of like found family or the idea that like, oh, yeah, this girl was effectively <laughs> orphaned and right. like Luke and Leia were, were a father and mother figure to her. And like they welcomed her into the like, that's all cool. I like it. I am very cool with the idea that like, no, you don't have to be defined by the garbage family you were born into you can leave them and if you need to get rid of your name to break that association do it that's cool but somehow it does not play here right i'm not alone in this it's weird you're definitely that is like custom built for me the guy who loves found family like this is my thing 100 percent. found family is a great trope and it's one that i i love dearly for many reasons but it doesn't work (laughs) here it doesn't work here at all it 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 feels so bad and it does it's because jj abrams did it <laughs> doesn't know how to do a good ending he doesn't he doesn't know how to do that he should not have had this <laughs> he it nope. was fine for let, let him set up that first movie and then follow it through and let other people finish it out or just give the whole thing to ryan johnson like we talked to you last time he could have done a really <laughs> cool trilogy of movies and that's it that's the end of 11 star wars is I I don't think I need to get into a whole lot of detail about how I felt about this movie. Great acting performances in a kinda. really poorly constructed film. Here's the thing is that like I'm I disagree with maybe every choice in this movie. Quite possibly sure, every choice that was sure. made. And it still might be more watchable than some of these other Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> There's some interesting like we talked about the handful of cool things like cyberpunk Star Wars was fun. Mm-hmm. Star Wars ships always look cool. There's mm-hmm. always a few cool Star Wars environments. Like visually, it's J.J. Abrams. Visually, this movie's a yeah. treat. Right. He needs to be a cinematographer. We've been over this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I really like, you know, Kelly Marie Trans showing up, doing as much as she can. Our main four don't have much to work with, but they're all, you know, they're all doing yeoman's work. They're all trying to deliver. And that's and i think the reason i'm so negative on it because there are other bad star wars movies there are other perhaps worse star wars movies than this movie (laughs) but i think the reason i'm so disappointed is it is supposed to be the capstone and like the possibility exists here to do something that like ties this legacy together in a really satisfying way and we're not that far removed from endgame which only had like 10 years worth of movies, but it tied together those things in a pretty satisfying way. Like it had problems, sure, but like mm-hmm. it worked. And then this happened and it does not work. It doesn't It doesn't give me the closure that I want. It doesn't give me the warm fuzzies that I want. It just, I think I get more mad at this movie even maybe than this movie deserves because I want it to be more. Yeah, the problem is that we had a Disney-led property of a long like storyline 
of like multiple film entries and paid it off really well. And like even you agree with that and you hate time travel stories. I hate um, time travel stories. And you love Star Wars. Good. And I love <laughs> Star Wars. So like, yeah, it's the problem is like it doesn't matter how well you ran in your race if you just eat shit at the finish line. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. And your third act is everything. And you're doing like a third act to like 11 movies at this point. Yep. And you said Disney, Kathleen Kennedy, everyone who was in charge, you looked at all the possibilities and you said, let's get the guy who doesn't know how to do endings. Right. Yeah. Let's get the guy who's specifically very bad at narrative conclusion and you, put him in charge. You know, that guy who starts a bunch of things, asks a bunch of interesting questions, sets up a bunch of like interesting, like, uh, ideas that could be explored and for, like further on down the line and then just fucks off and doesn't finish the thing he started. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Let's put him in charge of the ending. He won't fuck it up. One of America's <laughs> most beloved franchises. This is the meanest we've been about a director for sure over the course of the podcast. And that's just it because is. he's not good at it. He does not have at least this one thing. He's very bad. At it. And I've got his other movie, Force Awakens. It's ranked as number four on my list right now. Look at that. Yeah. I said some nice things about him back then when he was setting up cool premises. Right. Because he's not bad <laughs> at that. Oh, but I got to I got to I got to rank this somehow. Sure do. I don't know what to do. Dan, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I I am very specifically struggling with, I think, the only two spots it could go in. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't make up my mind about it because, I don't know, do you want me to go first or do you want you to go first? I, I It's my job to go first in the Star Warses. Okay, okay. I, that is, ah. Okay. <laughs> Number 11 is episode one, The Phantom Menace. Okay. 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 Number 10 is episode two, Attack of the Clones. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. Number nine is Rise of Skywalker. That's where it's going. Okay. One of the... We talked about how episode three was the closest to a good Star Wars movie of that original prequel. It has the most dog shit dialogue of all of them but it truly does <laughs> but, but i am putting rise of skywalker right under episode three so then number eight's episode three or number nine number eight is well, that's right number eight number seven solo number six is the last jedi number five rogue one this list is so long number four is, is force awakens and then jedi empire star wars incredible Mark, I, <laughs> it's been so long since we watched some of these Star Warses. I know. <laughs> like, usually so we watch long. them and it's like, you know, we've watched them within like a couple months of, uh, at most of the thing that we have been consuming. But when did we start recording these? And when did we watch that original trilogy? Because it feels like a legitimate year ago. It is <laughs> minimum four to five months ago at this point. I gotta, I gotta rank this. <laughs> I know. Uh, Yours ended up higher on the list than I thought it would, honestly. <laughs> and, like, now you have me thinking about Revenge of the Sith and how bad all the dialogue in that movie is. It's real bad. And it's how bad, bad the pacing in that movie is. Um, You're not wrong. And so now I'm wondering, is this movie higher up than I thought it was going to be? Because <laughs> you, you did that and... It recontextualized my entire, the, the entire way I was thinking about these movies. 
my when I was going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It was really about whether it was better or worse than Revenge of the Sith, because there was no way it was beating Solo for me, a movie which I actually sure. mostly enjoyed, even though it wasn't very good. Okay. And this See, is a movie that I mostly don't enjoy, even though it's not very good. Yeah, that's fair. For me, here's my attention, uh, Marco, buddy, oh pal, is that um, I hate Jar Jar Binks. And I didn't think I was going to yeah. hate Jar Jar Binks as much as I did, because it's a very overblown thing that a lot of not great people scream about. Uh, but I really did. And also... The end of that movie is the best part of that trilogy. And so I'm trying to figure out how much in my previous ranking I offset my opinion of that, the duel of the fate scene, uh, yep. which, is, which apparently was like the name of like Trevorrow's rough draft for this movie was duel of fates. But like, does that set that off? Like, does the badness of that movie, how did I, how did I come to the conclusions I did prior is really what I'm struggling with. <laughs> it's <been> so long. <laughs> Um, and I think, I think as a movie on its own, if we try to like, imagine that this is not the end of nine movie, art, if we try to imagine that this is just another run of the mill Star Wars movie in a sequence of a bunch of Star Wars movies, and I'm grading it solely based off of how it stands up on its own. I think it's better than all the prequels. Okay. Which is not where I thought I was going. I came into sure. ranking and I thought this is either going to be last or next to last. <laughs> And so now, uh, based off of your example, I think I know where I'm putting it. So okay. I'm going to say from the bottom up, uh, at 11, episode one, The Phantom Menace. And number 10, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Episode nine, despite everybody probably being upset about it, I have episode two, Attack of Clones. <laughs> at number eight, I am putting episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Because I do think, as a movie, it is more watchable than any of the prequel trilogy on its own. <laughs> Even if it, it is like has just some of the most wild, bad decisions and takes made. It is, sure. I somehow feel, more watchable than any of those movies. <laughs> uh, it's at least pretty to look at sometimes. So then That's fair. from there, we have number seven, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Number six, Solo, a Star Wars story. Number five, episode six, Return of the Jedi. Number four, <laughs> episode seven, Force Awakens. Number three, episode eight, The Last Jedi. My, the amount of like mental energy, Martin, is going to getting these numbers correct. You, can you feel it? <laughs> I can. Number two, episode four, A New Hope. And my number one is still episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, we made it. We made it through the Star Wars Wars. We, that's a whole season in the bag. We did a whole other yeah, season of the show. We did. I guess that, that then begs the question, what are we doing next? What we're doing next is, listener, if you check your feed right now, you have made have noticed that two episodes went up today. Hey. Two, two episodes went up in one day. They never do that. Uh, <laughs> what's that all about? You should check it out and find out because it's a thing that I've basically wanted to do since the inception of this show. Yeah. If I was to ever find the amount of time and energy and the right person to try and tackle a, at least a pilot kind of arc of that sort of show. So usually mm -hmm. this is the time of the year where we take a hiatus and then we come back and we start our, our new season in the fall. Yep. Uh, during hiatus now, 
every other week, just like our normal schedule, you're going to be getting episodes of The Third One Sucks Sophomore Slump, which is a similar sort of thing that we do here, but with discographies of an entire band. Yeah. Uh, The only meaningful difference, really, between this show and that show is that we invite you, the listener, to listen along with us as we talk about it. So it's kind of like a director's commentary, but we had nothing to do with making the piece of media we're talking about. So like, if you just want to like get on mic and hang out with like some friends and, and, and like listen to a record together, that's kind of the vibe we're going for over there. (laughs) And we'll see how this does. We'll see how you guys like it. Let us know. Um, and we will be back with a third season of the third one sucks proper after we bang all of those episodes out for y'all. The Third One Sucks is a Retrograde Orbit radio production. If you like the show, make sure to rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. Follow us on Twitter at The Third One Sucks or email us at thethirdonesucks at gmail.com where we can chat about episodes and take your suggestions on what you would like us to cover in the future. That's the, the number three, rd1sucks at gmail.com. If you aren't already tired of our voices, you can check out our other projects, including Mindful Self-Indulgence, where Dan interviews folks about the media that has most impacted their lives, in Mount Olympus, where Mark and a panel of friends watches and reviews the Hercules and Xena television franchises, along with the rest of the Retrograde Orbit Radio family of podcasts at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in the sequel.